Fight Boxing fans, welcome to another episode of the Rope a Dope podcast. I'm your host, Gene Morgan. Very excited for our guest today. <laughs> His name is Darnell Price. And you're probably asking yourself, who is that? Well, you're going to hear about him very soon. I believe he's got the potential to be a world champion. Uh, and more importantly to that, we were friends before I started this podcast. We went to high school together. Uh, we were... Uh, <laughs> We were classmates, and now he's a professional boxer. He was a former uh, soldier in the United States Marine Corps, and now he's going to be on the podcast, and I'm super excited to have him on. We're going to reminisce about high school, and we're going to uh, <laughs> talk about his boxing career, his time in the Marine Corps, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But first, let's talk about how wrong I was <laughs> in the Robert Hellenis Kovnacki fight. I know I keep pronouncing his name wrong. Kovnacki? Kovnacki. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Anyway. Uh, wow. <laughs> Good for Hellenus. Uh, he did everything right in the fight. I don't think he was ever seriously hurt by Kovnacki the entire fight. I think he came out. He knew that Kovnacki was going to charge at him the whole fight. And he just... Step back and counterpunched for like, you know, almost the entire fight. And honestly, we saw a lot of flaws in Konachki that fight. We saw that he is vulnerable to counterpunching, as we saw by the two knockdowns. And I know one of them wasn't ruled a knockdown, but let's be honest, he was knocked down. <laughs> and it was a great fight. Uh, Konachki, I mean, this might be one of those losses that I don't know if he can come back from. I think it was that devastating. Now, you know, he he, he can't go back to the game. But I mean, let's be honest, you know, for, for world champions have lost before. They became champions. Vladimir Klitschko had a few losses on his record, or at least one on his record, I think. So, you know, it's not down and out for him by any stretch of the imagination. I'm just saying, like, you know, he's got to go back to the drawing board again. Fourth round knockout? Come on. <laughs> As for Hellenist, where does he go from here? I mean, there's so many big fights now. Uh, he could fight Deontay Wilder. He could fight Andy Ruiz. He could fight Luis Ortiz. He could fight, you know, I think he's in line technically for a title shot against Anthony Joshua, but he's like so far down the totem pole that it's not even worth, um, you know, chasing that at the moment. He could possibly skip the line, make himself more valuable if he were to fight the three guys I mentioned and win, you know, against either Wilder Ruiz or Ortiz. Yeah. Or, you know what would be a great fight? Sweden, Finland, Hazard and Finland, Otto Whalen. That would be an incredible fight. And, you know, I think the winner of that fight could potentially fight Tyson Fury. I mean, that that could be a great, great fight. I mean, there's so many options for him. As for Konachki, where does he go from here? I think he wants to seek a rematch against Hellenus. I don't know if that's the best move for him. Personally, I think he should uh, go back to the drawing board again. And you know what? Gerald Washington, I have, that's a name. I mean, Gerald Washington's a fighter who uh, I think they already fought once. Hold on, let me check. I'm checking it right now. Do, 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 do. And I'm looking it up for you guys so you're not mad at me. I want to make sure that I get it right for all you guys. 
And yeah, they already fought once and he knocked them out in the second round, so that's not a viable option anymore. Um, can't really fight Charles Martin, even though it was a good competitive fight, but he already beat him. You know, maybe it's like a lower ring guy. Maybe he fights Darnell Price. <laughs> Who knows? Steve Cunningham, that could be an option. Tomas Shadimek, I mean, he's still technically fighting. That's a fight that could get some recognition for him. But this loss to Hellenist is a really, really bad setback for him. And you honestly got to think, like, man, maybe he should have taken that Joshua fight instead of Andy Ruiz. That could have been a huge fight in Brooklyn. You know, I mean, I know Jarrell Miller, he's on the comeback trail. That could be a great fight. You know, one guy lost, one guy got popped for steroids. That, that could be a great, great fight. All right, that recaps the uh, the week in boxing, and coming up next, we're going to have Darnell Price on. Thank you. And stay tuned. <laughs> so what is it you said? You, your kid took your phone? Yeah, my kids, they're, they're, they're playing a little game. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's all good. It's, uh, oh, oh. I didn't know you had kids. Yeah, man. Uh, oh, crap. Wow. High school is real long. Time will go. Ah, <laughs> uh, was indeed, man. It was. Oh, so what do you, I mean? Okay, so we're joined live by late heavyweight cruiserweight contender Darnell Price, Marine Corps Hall of Fame boxer, and one-time student of High Tech High International. With yours truly, man. So, uh, tell me, what's uh, what's been going on with you? <laughs> uh, not a not a whole lot. Uh, I mean, I guess now that I'm in a steady state fighting, uh, that it doesn't seem like a lot, but. Uh, I've been training, preparing for fights, uh, traveling around, uh, honing my craft, just, uh, just running with it. You know who told me that you were uh, pursuing professional fighting with uh, Miles, Miles Magalanis? Yeah, <laughs> I love Miles. Dude, Miles, Miles is oh, he's so funny. He's so funny. Uh, you know, actually, he's one of the guys, me and him, we bonded over uh, just stand-up comedy and boxing. And that's how, like, kind of me and you, we became friends in high school as well. Just because, like, you know, we loved fighting and we loved stand-up comedy at the same time. Um, I remember, okay, (laughs) this is going to sound, I was actually reflecting just on, uh, you know, just on knowing you and everything. And do you remember freshman year when you kicked the crap, like, when you slapped the crap out of me? No, 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 I, I think I blamed me more than anything else. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's all about, you know, like, being, uh, especially in that situation, any situation where anything's going to get physical, uh, I should use my, my wit, <laughs> my, uh, my athletic prowess and, uh, brutality. Well, like, I thought, I came into this high school, I thought I was, like, hot chicks. I took, like, maybe seven boxing classes, and I was like, yeah, what's up, I know, and then, like, you know. I took you on. You outweigh me by like seventy pounds, I think. <laughs> and I'm like, I can, I can do this. <laughs> and uh, thank you. I, I guess I want to just thank you from uh, saving me a lot of future injuries because <laughs> that really could have gone sideways for me if I decided to go down that career path. Thank you. <laughs> oh man, uh, anytime, anytime. So, uh, so. You left high tech high junior year of high school, and then uh, how did you join the Marine Corps? So uh, I actually I went to Kearney, you went to high Kearney. school uh, after that year, okay. and I 
I got a, a girl there pregnant, and I had no other options at the time. Okay. So I was like, ah, you know, in order to figure out life, I have to, you know, join a branch of military service, and uh, I just, I just kind of landed on the Marine Corps. Uh, they, they half tricked me. Uh, <laughs> it, was a, it was a brilliant play on their part. They, uh, they asked me in the recruiting office if they thought I was good enough to make the all Marine boxing team, <laughs> and I was like, yeah. They're like, okay, then, then sign the dotted line. <laughs> so, uh, so I did, not knowing that it was a uh, a pretty much a one in two hundred thousand, you know, chance that I would get onto the boxing team. Because like, yeah, every Marine wants to be on the boxing team, correct? Or like you know, everyone thinks they can fight, kind of thing. Everybody, everybody wants to, to be on a on a sports team in some capacity. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody that did uh, any sports in high school or now, they all want to be on a sports team. But uh. It's really difficult. It's real competitive to get on the all Marine teams. And I didn't realize that at the time. I thought it was just, because I thought I was a big deal, you know, being uh, good in San Diego yeah. and whatnot as a, as a kid. But it was a rude awakening uh, <laughs> whenever I realized how good the competition actually was. <laughs> I mean, I've talked to Marines. Uh, you know, I have, I know a Marine out here, and we were just, you know, we were, I was talking about, oh, I'm interviewing Darrell, and, you know, this guy, and he was on the Marine Corps boxing team, and his thought was like, whoa, how good is he? Like he's got to be insanely talented, but you, even you just said like um, like what was the competition like when in the Marine Corps in terms of like how was it like a huge step up from what you were used to? Yeah, it was because uh, once you got onto uh, onto the All Marine team, it was really the, the competitive level picked up. Because when I first got on, there was uh, a Marine by the name of Jamel Herring who you like, oh I've heard of him. The, uh, yeah. yeah he's the, yeah. Uh, world champ, you know, great guy. He was a phenomenal Marine. Uh, he was on the team at the time, uh, and he had just won the Olympic trials when I got there. Wow. So the, the pressure to be good was, you know, at that level was like, hey, you know, Jamel is the standard. You know, he's a, a like best uh, best boxer to come out of the Marine Corps. So uh, the competition <laughs> on a national level was higher than I was used to because I was really fighting on a local level. Throughout high school and whatnot, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and it was it was it was a rude awakening, and it, it caused me to have to sharpen myself up and uh, you know, really really step my game up. Well, I mean, you obviously accomplished it. I mean, you you what is it? I read on Instagram that you're in the Marine Corps Boxing Hall of Fame. Like that doesn't come to someone, you know, without hard work and perseverance. I mean, do what? Do you think the Marine Corps helped you in terms of um, turning pro as a boxer? I mean, uh, in, in in certain ways. A little bit more background. When I first got into the Marine Corps, uh, I was adamant about being on the boxing team. But after getting through the initial pipeline of uh, of boot camp, MCT, and my MLS school, uh, I got stationed with a Ninth Communications Battalion in Pendleton, and I deployed within a month of getting there. So I was nine months into the Marine Corps, and then I was in Afghanistan. So I kind of I, I kind of missed my ability to uh, to get on the boxing team initially. Uh, so I, I did that deployment. I was in Afghanistan for, uh, for seven months. Wow. And when I, when I got back, I was able to try out for and get on the Camp Pendleton boxing team. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, they had an open tryout for the All-Marine Corps team. And uh, we just pretty much did round-robin sparring for a few hours. And pretty much those of us that could hang uh, got brought on to the, the All-Marine team. And our first fights there were in London against... Royal Marine. Yeah, I was looking that up. You didn't you box in front of the uh, 
Prime Minister of England or the former Prime Minister of England? Yeah, I guess the former, uh, former Prime Minister is there. Uh, his, his wife at the time, uh, I think it was, uh, I think it was Samantha, Samantha Cameron, she had a, a charity that uh, we, were, we were boxing for. And it was, it was, a, it was a big turnout. We actually boxed at the, the Royal Albert Hall, which is a big venue. Yeah. Uh, wow. trying to say here is the Marine Corps boxing team back or is that just gone forever San Diego, uh, not really known as a hotbed for boxing uh, talent. There, there is some. I mean, we had Paul Vaden on the podcast. I'm going to ask you about your opinion about Paul Vaden in a minute. But do you feel like you need to move to a bigger city such as L.A. or New York to advance your boxing career? Or are you comfortable in San Diego? I'm comfortable in San Diego because uh, I think a lot of people uh, – so I can, I can drive to L.A., and I do a lot. I drive yeah. to L.A., go to Wild Card, to Spar, uh, wow. Spar, Glendale Fight Club, and various other places. Uh, but I have a, uh, one of the best trainers in the game, uh, uh, Vincent Parra, who worked with uh, Maurice uh, Mighty Mo Hooker, who was champion 140, and he, he has a lot of uh, a lot of good boxing insight and knowledge. But San Diego is a is a is, is a, it's a pretty big hub for, for fighting, actually, being as close as we are to uh, to Mexico. Yeah, you know, we have a lot of a lot of fighters coming through uh, the various gyms that we have down here, and there's always great opportunities uh, for sparring. Uh, so it's, it's, it's perfect, actually, for, for where I'm at currently. Uh, as I get on, I might have to go to places with better opportunity. But right now, this is, a, this is everything I could ask for. Let me, I mean, so there's only been one world champion coming out of San Diego, Paul Vaden. Have you ever had a chance to meet him? Uh, I haven't. I haven't had a chance to, to meet him. Well, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to try my best to set up that meeting. Would you like that? <laughs> Okay, man. He's so, so, so friendly and nice. And, you know, who knows? Maybe he'll uh, give you some insight as to how to advance your career. Um, yeah. I mean, he's he's just... He... I know, uh, I know it, it, it's, it's funny because we the other day, uh, me and uh, Vince were talking because I believe his, uh, uh, Vince's father, uh, Bumpy Parra, worked with 
That's what I was uh, saying. I thought you took his ring name from Paul Vaden, but you just came up with that on your own? Yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was a play on words, you know, uh, the ultimate price. Oh, okay. So, and then, like, after it came to be, it was, uh, I mean, if you ask me, he was one of the more underrated champions. He just didn't get a chance to fight bigger names. You know, that's that's always been my feeling with Paul Vaden. But um, so you're how you're twenty nine? You're twenty eight, twenty nine? I'm twenty eight right now. You're twenty eight. Okay. Um, you got a you turned pro a little bit late in life. Does that does, do you feel like the need you you kind of have to like make up a lot of ground now? Because a lot of people. I, okay. I do. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Uh, and I, online getting ready for this interview i mean you look just you look really impressive in your first couple of fights um you touched upon something that i've talked to a lot of champions about which is weight cutting and weight loss uh, how draining has that been for you uh, it's, it's, i'd say moderately so yeah. because uh I, i'm used i'm used to it i'm used to getting down to a, a lower weight uh, i fought at 178 as an amateur mm-hmm. so uh the, the bigger problem was i allowed myself to a lot bigger. I got into lifting weights for a while, so mm. uh, the heaviest I, I've ever been was 240 pounds. And okay. I, was just, I was jacked. Uh, and then it was, it was kind of shedding the muscle and then getting the cardio back up and doing all the stuff to get to a baseline. And it's not so bad uh, if your diet's right. Yeah. So if you're not ballooning up in between fights, uh, it's not it's not as bad. But I see for uh, for some that want to gain 20 or 30 pounds back, you know, in between fights, it's, it's hellacious. But uh, I try to I get no heavier than 15 pounds above my weight, and then through a good training camp, you know, the, the weight just falls off. What do you consider a good training camp? Is it all just exercise, or do you like also having, you know, stuff to do? Or is it, you know, just a nice place to just focus? Well, for me, it's, it's all about the sparring, uh, the mm-hmm. sparring work that I get, because uh, the more I spar, the better I get. The more mm-hmm. uh, diverse group of individuals I'm able to get to the ring with, uh, the more I can test my guns against what they have, the more that I can pick up. From them, yeah. You know? So uh, the better the sparring, the more frequent the sparring, uh, the better I'll become. So a lot of things like the strength and conditioning or whatnot, uh, I'm used to uh, working out uh, rigorously. You know, 
that part of the camp is just my every day because the way that I work out in camp is the same way that I work out if I was outside of camp. So the big difference is, uh, is the sparring and the recovery. They do things like yoga and ice baths and whatnot. He is light heavyweight contender Dar Darnell Price, uh, 240 pounds, and he'd like to point out that uh, I got into a slap boxing contest with a man who's 240 pounds. Um, not the best decision I've ever made. Um, getting on here, what do, what do you want to hopefully get out of boxing? What do you, what's the is a world championship the goal? upon Usek, I want to ask you about some current events that have happened in boxing. Uh, we just had a rematch, Vegas, Wilder Fury. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on that fight. Uh, what did you oh. think about it?
I think in both fights, it was definitely Fury. Yeah. Fury did in both fights. Fury won the first fight, but got caught. You know what I mean? And it was the knockdowns that evened it out. Yeah. Right? He made an adjustment, you know, and then he executed a plan effectively by, by literally overwhelming a stronger man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he did, he did it masterfully. He did it brilliantly. He gained so much weight. He gained 273 pounds. I thought when he weighed in at 273, I was like, man, he's going to get his ass kicked. I really thought that. No, I, I, it, it, the first thing I thought whenever like, I saw the weights and I saw they were both heavier than they came in uh, the previous time, I thought, oh, man, I hope Wilder has legs yeah. around his new, uh, his new upper half. Right? He's got really thin yeah. legs for someone who's a heavyweight, you know, who exactly. punches as hard as he does. Exactly. You know, but it's all leverage. Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought initially. I was like, okay, you know, mm-hmm. he's going to have more power behind his punch, and he's going to lean on him. Right. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, how is this going to pan out if, you know, if Wilder can't carry his weight and Fury is going to lean on him? You know I mean, it's like, oh, yeah. his legs are going to get tired. He's not going to be able to move. Fury has always had, you know, some of the faster hands of the heavyweight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and his awkward style and his ability to move uncanny for somebody that large so I figured I figured that uh, if Wilder couldn't pinpoint one of those like laser guided missiles he called hand then he was gonna lose yeah. uh, I didn't I didn't foresee him getting taken out in the seventh like he did however you know after you know, watching the opening rounds and seeing that he wasn't as mobile and his, his uh, targeting system wasn't on so to speak I was like ah oh, well this is gonna be a uh, What did you think about his reasoning for why he lost the fight, which is the uh, the costume that he wore? Uh, I think I think a lot of times, you know, uh, we try to find rational uh, rational answers yeah. to some of life's most complex questions. So I, I just believe that's that's what he that's what he thinks. Yeah. You know, he, he thought it was that. I mean, it's a it's the easiest thing to kind of move to. Like, hey, you know, it must have been this because it's a lot. Uh, I don't want to say that he's copping out or taking an easy route in that way, but it's it's saying that hey, you know, I was defeated because of some outside uh, source, some some outlier. It's a lot simpler to say that than you know, hey, I didn't have it that night. But I mean, this is what it is. It is what it is. All right. So- so uh, one more thing about recent uh, news. We're sticking to the heavyweight division because the heavyweight division is so hot. Uh, did you happen to catch the fight last Saturday night between Hellenist and Konachki? Uh, I mean, I, I, I watched a little bit of it. Yeah. I was kind of a, uh, I don't know. Not, I liked Hellenius for, uh, for a while. Uh, I like him because he's Finnish and I'm Finnish. You know what I mean? Like, he's from yeah. Finland and Maya, and I was just like, oh, we got one. You know, like, finally. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw it with him. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. Like he, he he barely beat Chris Ariola, who was you know great fighter, but way past his prime. Yeah. I, I, just, I just thought you know, okay, so I didn't watch the entire fight, but from what I what I read afterward, it was just you know Melanius doing what he, what made him good in the in the initial phases of his career, mm-hmm. right? Uh, staying long, staying strong, and bringing out hustling, and 
of this way back in after some uh, some interesting losses. Because well, didn't he lose to, uh, to Gerald Washington? Uh, he did. He got knocked down the eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Another yeah, one. Washington. He lost to Dillian White. He did. You know, who's a, who's a good fighter. Uh, but, but I mean, at the, at the same time, you know what I mean? Like, it's Styles make fight. You know, mm-hmm. it's the old adage. And he did his thing. Um, uh, from, from what I read, because I, I didn't think the fight was going to go uh, the way that it did, so mm-hmm. I was less than I was less than interested, like, watching the, the, uh, the opening rounds. I was like, all right, cool. But then it's like one of those things where you, you blink and you miss it. What was it, like, round four it ended? Yeah, in the fourth round. Yeah. It was just and over. It, and, and it looked like Hellenius was not going to not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And for when I saw the opening, I was like, ah, it's going to be another uh, mm-hmm. Anaki freaking, you know, yeah. showcase. I was really impressed with, with what uh, Hellenist did. Like, he was counterpunching the entire fight, and he knew how to expose Konach- Konachki. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just just a great fight. And now I guess he's lined up for a shot with Anthony Joshua. I don't know. Fucking boxing. That's one thing I want to ask about you. Like, how do you navigate the wa- This is getting back to you. How do you navigate the waters of boxing business? Because, you know, this is a very, for lack of a better term, this is a very dirty business to get into. Is that something that concerns you at all? Be like, I've been to fucking Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's yeah, great. I've been to Afghanistan. I was in North Africa. I went to Iraq twice. But, I mean, I, I got. I don't have much to be worried about. That's kind of a mentality I bring into the ring as well. It's like, uh, this guy's not shooting at me. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I, uh, I think I'll be okay. Meanwhile, you're in Iraq. I'm in gentrified New York. So what does that say about me? Um. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so there's there's a couple questions that I always ask every fighter who's on uh, my podcast, and it's just questions that I love getting answered. Uh, question number one. Uh, one question that we've always asked world champions is, "What's the best place you've ever brought your belts?" Uh, what I, what I want to ask you is, "What's a place that if you win a world title, what's a place that you would like to bring the championship belt?" Ooh, wee. <laughs> I mean, home. Home. <laughs> Just home? Like, yeah, just home. Just home? <laughs> really, really just, just home. I mean, around around the city. Listen, man, since we lost the Chargers, like, we need, like, something to root for in sports. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like we need, um, we need to get, like, the, the great sports tradition of San Diego back. I mean, we still have... You know, the, uh, the Aztecs, Padres, ba- Padres basketball, yeah. the Aztecs are yeah. looking great. But, like, you know, exactly. something's missing. You know what I mean? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so just... I want San Diego to be on the map when it comes to comes to fighting. Because I know a lot of times people think that, uh, uh, that because of our surroundings out here, because it looks so nice and so yeah. pretty that, uh, that hard people don't come from here. But, uh, you know, hard living makes a hard man. Yeah. And there's a lot of hard lessons to be learned. Uh, in San Diego, 
know, a lot of my living external to the city, and I would bring some of this hardness back. <laughs> All right, that was a great answer. Question number two: If you if you could fight any fighter in history, past or present, who would it be? Ah, uh, man, I would fight either uh, Jack Johnson or Ezra Charles. Get Jack Johnson, Ezra Charles. That one, I mean, he's considered one of the greatest light heavyweights of all time. He's such an underrated fighter. Is that why? Yeah. I mean, he, he was underrated, but I mean, his his defensive ability mm-hmm. was was phenomenal. Um, I I like I like watching tape on it because uh, one of my favorite all time fighters, James Pony, you know, yes. uh, emulated a lot of uh, Ezra Charles style. And whatnot. Mm-hmm. Like looking back, you know, what I mean, like for anybody in history, mm-hmm. I, I'd love I'd love to fight Ezra Charles. You know who I think you I think would be a great fight is you versus Jersey Joe Walcott. I always love Jersey oh, Joe Walcott. That would uh, <laughs> I think I think Jersey Joe freaking uh might have me. <laughs> I, oh, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him hell. I'm gonna give him hell. Whatever. Oh man, he was so so underrated. I love everything about him. I just they just put up a statue of him in his hometown, by the way. Which I'm just oh, nice. yeah, I'm a really big fan yeah. of it. Um, question number three. Uh, what? arena would you like to fight in? You already kind of answered at Madison Square Garden, but is there another arena that you would like to fight in one day? Yeah, uh, and it's weird. Maybe it's just the tradition of being here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd like to fight at the sports arena. You know, have a, a big event there. Because just like, uh, what was it, Ollie and Ken Norton fought there. Ollie you know, Ken Norton the, fought there. Paul uh, Vaden fought yeah. there a bunch of times. I think, oh my God, exactly. Tito Trinidad won his world title there. Exactly, right? Yeah. So I, I would love I love to fight there, but it's kind of like the boxing tradition of of San Diego, which yeah. had been in the yesteryear, you know, yeah. the big thing just kind of went away. So I would love to fight there, but external to keeping things at home, uh, you know, Madison Square Garden's always big in the O2 yeah. uh, because I love, I love London. You know, it's one of my favorite places I've ever traveled to. Okay. So I would love to fight there. So you have no problem like fighting a fighter, like a British fighter in England in the O2? No, 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 no problem whatsoever oh. because, uh, like, I, like, I, I'm fueled off of hate and discontent. So if people are booing me, I'm going to do better. Oh, man. You haven't, man, you've changed, but also haven't changed a lot since high school, man. I love this shit, man. This is great. <laughs> you've changed a lot, but, like, there's still, like, you know, man, I love that you've kept that competitive spirit that you've always had. Yeah, bro, it's, uh, it's those core, uh, core things that make the person who they are. I mean, a lot of things never change. This is a great question that I love asking. Uh, what's the best piece of advice that you've ever received between rounds in the corner? <laughs> between rounds in the corner. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, in a fight, uh, <laughs> Eddie told me. Uh, so Eddie's uh, one of my one of my trainers. He was like, uh, it was like um, at least you could take a punch. Now bend your fucking knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Oh man, that's so great. I love that because <laughs> you know, you know, oh, that's man. I love this trainer. <laughs> He's a great guy. <laughs> you know what's the best that answer to that question? I had Austin Trout on, and you know what he said to that question? He said uh, his trainer said between rounds, "Why are you making this shit hard?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's almost like in line with that. 
mean, like the most the most encouraging I ever got was from a from a Virgil Hill. He was out in uh, out at Wild Card, uh, and he told me, you know, hey, it's it's all about timing and confidence. Yeah. And he he just keeps having to say that to me, you know, in between rounds and all sparring. So uh, and that uh, I I've held that with me uh, mm. as well. But uh, but I do prefer uh, Eddie's advice, you know, <laughs> because uh, that came at a time where I did get cracked pretty hard, wow. and he was like, hey, go bend your fucking knees. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to get you out of here. You got a fight coming up. Was it April 5th? Uh, April 3rd. April, April 3rd. 3rd. Uh, okay. San Diego, California. All right. Who are you fighting, and how can people watch it, where can people get tickets, et cetera, et cetera? So, uh, tickets are, are available at the venue. Uh, they're also on pre-sale at a Pacific Training Center okay. uh, in San Diego, okay. uh, La Jolla, at 5755 La Jolla Boulevard. Mm -hmm. uh, I have them on me as well. Uh, I'm fighting... Uh, I gotta try to figure out who I'm fighting. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I'm fighting a man named uh, Fabian Gonzalez. Okay. Uh, and you know it's gonna be at the uh, Fort Sheraton on Arrow Drive. All right. Hey, listen, man. I'm in New York right now, but if you're ever in, if you ever fight on the East Coast, hit me a text. I'm gonna do my best to go to that fight. Okay. All right. Sounds good, man. Really like a. Whatever it happens, because it will. It will. Uh, oh, I know it will. Probably sooner than later. Oh, dude, uh, like, you're in Allentown, Pennsylvania. I'm on the next fucking bus. Like, I don't give a fuck. I am there. I don't give a shit, man. Dude, it's been such a great time catching up with you. Uh, I wish you well and luck on your endeavors, and just keep being you, man. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you too, man. Right. Have a good rest of your day. Take care, man. Bye. Hey, bye. All right, that was Darnell, the ultimate price, current light heavyweight, cruiserweight contender, former high school friend, great, great interview. I mean, I'm so glad it was on. Uh, all right, this has been the rope -Dope podcast. My name is Gene Morgan. Uh, please follow me on Instagram at rope -Dope podcast. Please follow me on uh, Facebook at rope -Dope podcast. And yeah. All right, five fans, keep fighting. Take care. Bye.